Howdy, and welcome to the Here Now podcast, the first ever real episode. Uh, Before we get started, I kind of want to talk a little bit about my first guest. Uh, Ashkara! Sorry. That's Drake. Uh, He's the owner and... What what are you? What are founder? You? Founder. Founder of Deadly Deals. CEO. Chief Executive Officer. All of it. Designer. VP. UPB. VP. Oh, VP. No, baby, I'm the P. Yeah, and the VP. And the VP, and the secretary, and the treasurer, and the illustrator, and the merch maker, and the overall hustler, homie, and fellow brand owner. Right on. Yeah, that's me. So Drake and I met in college. Uh, we were both in the same program at Texas A&M University. Shout out Viz. Shout and, out Visualization. Yeah. And later we found out that we grew up basically about 10 to 15 minutes away from each other. How sick was that, man? It's so crazy. Southeast Houston. Represent. H-Town. Keep it trill. But I'm Southeast. You're like super South. Facts, big boy. Because you're by Bellway 8. I am. For anybody who's familiar with the Houston area. Yeah. Um, if you are familiar with the Houston area, you might be familiar with the big giant cross that's like on the outskirts of Houston, like downtown-wise at least. Literally outside the Bellway. Yeah. Like if you're headed to Galveston, you, you see it all the time. I've never taken the Bellway to Galveston. Oh, dude, just Bellway South? I mean, down? I take 45 South. Like, like a normal Houston. Ooh, man. I was confusing the Beltway with the actual tollway, I guess. Doesn't Beltway just go in a huge circle? It's a loop. So you would never get to Galveston. I would be caught in a loop. But thankfully, I'd have you probably head to the beach with me, so we would get to the beach. I'd be like, dude, get, get the fuck off. Like, hey, how about 45? We need a switch. Uh, but yeah, we're we're from Houston, which is really cool. It was yeah. tote to find out, like, oh shit, like you're actually... Super close by where I live. And then we started to kick it more and more over like winter breaks and things like that. Yep. Which is cool. Yep. And then after graduation, you packed your bags and moved to Dallas straight up. Like straight up. One weekend to the next. And then you got an internship with the Richards Group. I did. Which is the biggest. It's the largest independently owned ad agency in the country. Super casual. That's their claim to fame. Yeah. It's a cool agency. Shout out to Stan Richards. He's, he's had a the, few run-ins with that guy. I have. I bumped into the into the old man in the elevator and in passing. I've had a meeting with him. I've like pitched pins to him. He said no. <laughs> but you keep trying. But I keep trying and I keep... You wrote an up. article about it? I did. And people were like, this guy, this guy's on to something. Yeah, so the Richards Group has this thing called Digital Trends, and it's an annual report where we just kind of, there's 10 trends that are reported for the year of kind of what's popping, what to look out for next year in the e-commerce world, in the ad agency world, and I wrote an article for submission about brand collateral and about why bigger brands need to focus their efforts more on merchandising and cool packaging and stickers and swag and collateral. I mean, all the all the cool stuff that's popping with the youth. I've definitely chosen products over others just because, like, man, this looks so much nicer than the other one. Yeah. And I'm willing to pay a few extra bucks because the box is way nicer. 
Facts. No, it's 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 really cool what it can do, and when you realize like the power of it, it's it's really sick. Especially when you can channel it into like, your own brand, and when you start to think about how you want to present things to people, it's really cool. Yeah, I mean, like it's crazy to see these big brands, not even big brands, because I mean, like, I guess what we use now to measure how big a brand is within like the community is like you kind of look at the Instagram and see their how clout. many followers. Yeah. Their clout. You, you got, know, you got people their clout. Some people don't know what clout means. Ooh, let's define clout real quick. So clout for lack of better words is hype. Why, where do you, for random thought, where do you think it came from? Clout? Like how do you think they came up with it? That's a good question, man. When I hear clout, I think of like Cassius clout, Cassius clay, like, uh. like boxers, big dudes, like, Mm. clout like he has like it also sounds like the word cloud so it's like well he must be a god he's up there with the clouts cloud is like the thing around you yeah it's your cloud around you yeah you think if somebody just mispronounced cloud and they're like oh clout that actually sounds kind of cool someone with the accent yeah some kind of like that one girl that created fleek The, uh, the hold on fleek was created by a girl yeah, well, I mean, this girl, at least as far as I'm concerned, this girl was just, like, recording herself, and she was just kind of, like, hyping herself up, and then she was like, eyebrows on fleek. Wow. And, like, anywhere you look, like, it, that's what, like, they referenced. That's oh, what originated it. I don't know if she made it, but she made it hot, and I think it was off of Vine. I believe that 100%. And it's no longer Dude, yeah, R.I.P. Vine. That's mm-hmm. also interesting because it goes into, like, the rise and and decline of social media, whether it's a platform like Vine, which was hot and popping, like six yeah. second videos was all the rage. Arguably, a lot of kind of our current like YouTube celebrities per se and influencers yeah. were famous Vine people back in the mm-hmm. day. Which was how long was Vine around? A year and a half? Probably like two. Well, oh, well, I remember downloading it. Like sophomore year of college. Okay. And I downloaded it and I opened it and I was like, I don't know what this is. What is this? And it's like six seconds. And the first time I sat down and watched it, it was like 30 to 30 minutes, like an hour. And I was like, these are so short. There's so many. And I just consumed <laughs> one after the next after the next. Yeah. And then I immediately, like I tried to make six second videos. It just didn't. It just wasn't appealing. And I just kind of dropped it. But it probably lasted... Dude, probably lasted like four years. You think so? Yeah. Hold on, we have little computers right here. Yep. Can can we look this up? Yeah. Go for it. One of the things that I noticed, um, was like, actually, no, no, no. Let me let me start that over. You mentioned the rise and the decline of social media. Facts. I did. Portals. Snapchat. I heard. So right now they're doing a rebranding. Did you know that? No, I did not know Snapchat. They're rebranding Snapchat because according to them, it's not very intuitive. And to ha- and to say that there's a brand, uh, an app on the market for the last two or three years that changed the game, and like now that they're getting left behind because Facebook and Instagram basically tore it apart for anything that they could salvage. Yeah. Now they're redesigning it hmm. because it's not usable. It's well, not very user-friendly. That makes sense, though. Because a lot of people... I, I did read, I kept like reading the comments and getting other people's opinions. And a lot of people, when they first opened Snapchat, you know how it opens the camera? Yeah. 
a lot of people just were like, oh, it's just the camera app. Like what they is didn't this? Even, they didn't even know that you could share images. Which is what's all... It's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. It, oh, it's, but what I was trying to say, sorry, is that they're redesigning now, mm-hmm. but then I saw rumors that it might be dead. Like, by the end of the year, it might not. <laughs> they might just shut it down. Which is a big thing. They went public and then it just went down. If that happens, there's going to be a lot of high school kids pissed off. Because mm. I feel like the youth, like, as in little kids, yeah. maybe, like, teenagers, young teenagers, they're kind of on Snapchat more than they are utilizing Instagram's kind yeah. of Snapchat-like features. Yeah. Because, again, for, like, everyone knows it, Instagram totally hijacked everything Definitely. about Snapchat. I have, like... I have one 12-year-old cousin mm-hmm. and one, like, no, one's 13, one's 12. And yeah, and that's basically my youngest cousins. But they don't really snap very often. Really? Yeah. What do they do? Instagram. Okay. They, I mean, it's Instagram story, but... All right. Know. Word. I don't know. I don't interact, actually, with 12 or 13-year-olds very often. Hmm. Not on the regular, at least. Yeah. But I think that's a... I mean, I'm glad that you don't. That'd yeah. be weird. That would be weird. I'm not trying to do anything like that. Mm-mm. Let's get off of that topic, though. <laughs> <laughs> On the sake of, like, having recorded, for lack of better words, evidence. Yeah. Wait, so did you find anything on Vine? It looks like it was up for four years. So I'm right. You were. So I know everything? Basically. Because knowledge is power, and any knowledge you wish to seek out, you can find it. And now I have proof. It's on the internet. But like I called it before we even looked it up. True. You have it on audio. I got actually. a big brain. You can rewind that. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, shout out to Vine. Sick. Shout out to Instagram. Shout out to Snapchat. We're really out here on it on the daily mm-hmm. to try and push our brands. Yeah. Trying to figure out the best way to keep the consistency, keep the content coming, build the network. True. But backtrack a little bit because we started talking about merch and collabs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's crazy to see. Remember, I mentioned the clout stuff. Oh man! Like we measure the, the clout gang. We measure like a company's clout by like their Instagram, basically. Yes, absolutely. So big brands like Kith mm-hmm. and big brands like uh, who else have you mentioned? Shout out Ronnie Fieg, real quick. Dude. Fieg is that how you say his last name? I don't even bother with it. Ronnie Fieg. If you just say Ronnie, people know. Ronnie. Yeah. Yo, Ronnie's a... He's, he's goals, man. Did you meet him? I have not met Ronnie. Not yet. Mm. I'm trying to meet pretty much everybody, though. Yeah. I would like to think both of us are. You've met a few, and I'll get into that yeah. a little bit. Yeah. But before we get sidetracked again, <clears throat> companies like Kith yes. are now collabing with, like, Coke and... Yeah. Cartoons and Yo, the hundreds just did uh, Animaniacs. They sure I don't did. even think that their market knows too much about Animaniacs. I mean, I don't know too much about Animaniacs. See, Animaniacs, Animaniacs was a show that was on WB back when it existed. Back when it existed, <laughs> yeah. and I don't want to misquote the years or anything, but I remember when that show was on. I think I caught the last bit of it mm-hmm. as I was growing up. Mm-hmm. So, like, I got like the movie. Oh, gosh. And Do you remember the Christmas special? It was no. like an Animaniacs Christmas one? Mm-mm. It was trippy. Probably. It was like, yet yeah, they were getting Christmas wishes and stuff. If you look back to a lot of cartoons in the 
in like the 90s, mm-hmm. a lot of it was like, what? How are little kids consuming this? So it looks like Animaniacs was a TV series that was on from 93 to 98, which is a solid long, five years. But it's not a very long time compared to like SpongeBob. and. Oh my gosh, SpongeBob. We don't even need to get on SpongeBob. They've been going on for like 12 years. I feel like are longer still than going? that since 98. Are they still going? Yeah, I'm pretty sure new episodes of Spongebob are still a thing. That's crazy. Dude, Tom Kenny, the voice of Spongebob, for those of you who don't know, he is the GOAT. That man, Spongebob has been on for like 19 years at this point. Hasn't there been, well, how long has it? He's also Ice King in Adventure Time. Mm. Among a ton of other I feel characters. like I've only seen like five episodes of Adventure Time. <sighs> You're slacking. I kind of like so it, good. I kind of hate it. If I'm being honest. If if you're listening to this and you do like Adventure Time, then ugh, you're cringing just as much as I am. But, I mean, my sis, my siblings like Adventure Time, but... It's good stuff. It's, I don't know, I, I, I feel like I can only handle it in short, short spurts. Which is great because each episode is only 11 minutes, which is cool. It's Wait, like, really? Sh- yeah, it's like That's short, a, short form content. Video. But there, you watch two of them on back on, back. on TV, mm. so it's like you still get the twenty two to twenty four minute okay. type of episode. That's before commercials. Yeah, but Kit, you are right. They are collabing with Coke. They're collabing with Captain Crunch. They're among many brands who are really picking up on the whole collaboration wave. Like you mentioned, Bobby Hundreds and the Hundreds themselves yeah. just dropped the Animaniacs collab. And right before that, at ComplexCon, they released their IT collaboration. That's right. Yeah. Shout out to Stephen King and the whole Pennywise wave. Yo, did you even see the new movie? IT? Yeah. Of course not. I hate cons. Whoa. Dude, I'm staying away. I'm staying away until I can watch it on VHS. VHS? VHS, dude. The new one? Are you still watching VCRs movies? I don't... No. No, no, no. I'm not. Because I don't have a VHS player. So you're too cool for them? No. I'm not too cool for anything. I would, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm going to buy one on Amazon right now. No, you won't. Watch me. Don't. Because there's Watch me, right? Yeah, no, actually, I'm waiting for it to be, like, on TV or, like, on okay. Netflix or something. Because I don't think I can handle it. I live by myself, and mm-hmm. I don't like clowns, and lucid dreaming is a bitch. Ooh, I see. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Yeah, you could be saying some real deep shit. Yeah, man. Is this going to be censored? No. Okay. I, I wasn't know. sure there'd be, like, a... A bleep. Or First of all, I'm not going to take the time to bleep anything because I feel like there will be a lot of bleeps. Yeah, fuck that. It's and second of all, Sorry, man. we're grown. We're grown. We're grown men. Adults. Kind of. Young, young men. Yeah. Who are out here doing the thing, mm-hmm. making podcasts, having our own building brands, brands. Building brands every day, baby. Chasing goals. Trying to be like Bobby Hundreds and be legends up in this bitch. Yeah, dude. Because, yo, Bobby Hundreds and the Hundreds, they've been a brand that not only kind of dominated the scene for a solid amount of time, but have also, like, left an impact in a cool way with the youth on, like, bigger topics than just clothes. They're laying the foundation for the future and kind of just keeping everything in track. Dude, they are. And they're smart as hell. They're educated and they're... They guys are lawyer. Bobby, yes, right? dude. Yeah. Would you, would you say yeah. a lawyer? What's the difference between a lawyer and an attorney? Hmm. A lawyer no. maybe fights for you in a different way than an attorney would. Maybe. 
because when you get arrested, they're like, you have to write to an attorney. If you cannot afford an attorney, we will provide one for you. And so I'm not too sure on that responsibility. Mm. But nonetheless, he was someone who went to law school. Yeah. He worked for like this big, big time, like LA lawyer firm, yeah. one of the top thingies. He talked about it on The Blueprint, yep. which shout out to... It's a great series. Is that Complex? Or is that Vice? Yeah, I think that's Complex. Okay. And I'd hate to get that wrong because The Blueprint is great. And whoever makes it... Should deserve. Should deserve credit. their proper credit. Yeah. Because, yeah. Uh, and you should check, to those listening, you should go to YouTube and check out The Blueprint. There's they episodes... Kith. Yes, they have an episode with Kith. They have an episode with Bobby. Pat. Pat the manager, yep. shout out to Chance the Rapper, and shout out to Pat. It is Complex. Bam, yep. Complex, baby. Shout out to Complex, shout out Complex Con. Dude, you went to Complex Con. Very blessed to have gone to Complex Dude, Con this past year. I got the spark notes on the Complex Con experience. You got to meet a lot, of, you got to walk past a lot of people and talk to a lot of people. True that, man. Complex Vic Mensa. Yeah, Vic Mensa. Hundreds. Bobby, um, Bobby, I got to. Talk to Bobby, meet Bobby. I got to meet a lot of big brand owners who were out there at ComplexCon. Yeah. I mean, it was people and it was it was very cool because a lot of these brands who were there had their own booths, obviously. It was a trade show, but it was also a concert and a big hangout session. The whole convention center straight up smelled like weed. Just I mean, for the record. I feel like the whole convention or conference or event conference is just basically like internet culture it is a lot of internet culture which like literally covers everything true well because the internet is everything yeah whoa quote that the internet is everything that's kind of kind of weird to say yeah made me pause i mean it's true but that's where everything is going it's a lot it's it's music it's culture it's fashion it's even food and it's even weed and how weed and food can work together in a market and that's what a lot of ComplexCon is about it's about the market and what's happening right now not just trends but the people who are involved like Virgil Abloh he was there giving a discussion you got to meet him yo that was insane wait and you and thought, Aaron Preston how old did you think he was I thought Virgil was like maybe 28 or something like late 20s I thought he was definitely in his early 30s. But how old is he actually? I think he's 37. See, if not 37, 34. He's in his 30s for, for yeah. sure, though. Yeah. Which, kids, if you're out there and you're feeling like, man, I'm not as far along as I need to be yet, you just keep things in perspective. Yeah. A lot of these people who like you're looking up to, who Ricky and I are looking up to here now, and Deadly Doodles are looking up to, they're people who have about 10 years of age on us. Yeah. Imagine and they're how... just now starting to pop off. Exactly. It's crazy. So just keep grinding, keep doing your thing, and, you know, growth takes time. Definitely. And for those who don't know who Virgil is, Virgil has... How did he get his startup? With Kanye, correct? Yeah. Kind so of like a creative director? Yeah, Virgil was a creative director over in the Kanye camp, and Virgil and Kanye worked on the Yeezus album artwork together, mm. which is, if you're not familiar with what that album art looks like off the top of your head... It's the one where it's basically a clear CD case, and it just has a simple orange sticker, which is very interesting now to point out because... It wasn't supposed to be orange, right? 
Well, they played with the color mm-hmm. of that orange for a long time. Like, oh, is it... What shade of orange is it? Is it darker? Is it more saturated? Is it less saturated? Which is interesting to, in itself. However, Virgil has been collaborating with Nike on his very hyped, very cool sneaker collection called The Ten, yeah. where he totally revamped ten of the latest... Well, not necessarily the latest, but, but that. ten iconic Nike shoes. Yeah. And a lot of kind of his signature add-on to those was adding like a colored orange tab to the Nike Swoosh. That's right. It's like a... It's kind of like a zip tie. What the, is it? So the zip tie is the label, which yeah. which kind of just has the off-white branding on it, which apparently Virgil dropped a video on Instagram where he explains how to deal with the zip tie, in which the video, he cuts the zip tie off and it's it falls dumb. to the floor. So, uh, But a lot of people like to keep it on yeah. as a means of like, oh, no, it kind of is a part of the piece. Yeah. So... It's just interesting. I mean, it's like wearing your new era cap with the hologram sticker still on it. And a lot of people do that. Yeah. Dude, I remember I was probably like middle school, early high school is when like keep, like wearing your clothes with, with tags still on them. Mm-hmm. That was kind of in. Especially the caps. I remember seeing people with like sweatshirts or some sort of like jerseys. Really? With like labels on them. It just seemed dumb. That seems like what you would do if you're trying to return it the next day. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you were meant to see those labels on. But in a way, like, it was also a way to flex. To be like, look, I paid $120 for this shirt. And I'm going to go return it tomorrow because I can't afford it. (laughs) Or I'm just showing it off because I wear it every day. Okay. I think. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But it is back to the tags and having tags exposed. Yeah. Virgil and what he did with the latest Nike collab and... How it's interesting to see think sort of design tendencies that he's implementing now in his projects yeah. that reflect where he was back in like 2013 working with Kanye. Yeah. And Virgil has had a lot of kind of steps before he's gotten to Off-White, which is his, his latest project in his he brand. He did Pyrex too, right? He did the Pyrex Vision movement. And before Pyrex Vision, he was Bintrill. And Bintrill right. in itself was its own movement in its own way. That caught the eyes of ASAP Rocky and mm-hmm. the ASAP Mob and... I mean, and then he started Pyrex with ASAP, right? No, so Pyrex Vision was like a video slash some T-shirts slash flannels, some old dead stock flannels that he found that he yeah. just bought up and then screen printed the word Pyrex with twenty three on the backs of them. I mean, it was an interesting philosophy. He yeah. he talks about how the twenty three reflects Michael Jordan, but the Pyrex is like a main ingredient that's I believe cooked in a drug of some sort. Whether it's lean, like the, the main uh, the main drug in in codeine or in, in crack, yeah, promethazine perhaps. I'm gonna look it up because we actually have a computer here, and yeah. I don't want to be wrong. See, and it's, Virgil has a very interesting story because he, what what school did he go to? Some art school. He went to like an architecture school. Uh, dude, I can't remember what school it was, but I remember that he's an architect by like. By study, by education? Yeah, he has a degree in, like, architecture. Yeah, but then he, like, wanted to pursue graphic design. And so it's interesting to see when he does, like, merch drops or, like, merch um, teasers because he does architecture drawings for, like, apparel stuff, which is something that you don't typically see 
and he kind of does like the call outs and he kind of does like the measurements and like mm-hmm. the shadowing as if it was architecture yeah because that's how he's trained but he's like designing which is interesting as hell because it's a completely different approach to design absolutely and his design is very much technical mm-hmm. as it is um artistic i guess yeah he kind of balances both of those things in a neat way very which unique. which is interesting on the notes of balance and stuff because because when you talk about balance i think of like yin and yang for example white and black and his brand off white yeah his whole tagline is defining the gray area between black and white yeah and so it's interesting how he is that gray he's off white yes yeah. he, he's found ways to get the balance of what is street and what is culture and what is hype but also like what is refined and what is elegant and what is technically sound because he does have this architecture background. I mean, he's a super cool and like knowledgeable guy. I like Virgil is a, is a cool, is a cool dude. And yeah. um, on the note of Pyrex and what that brand was. So Pyrex is a, unfortunately it's used to cook crack mm. cocaine. So it's that whole merch movement was this interesting combination of, the, the streets and and drugs meets this basketball star and and Michael Jordan and his whole clothing and shoe movement and how those worlds collide and so he, he's always kind of been about the message yeah which is really interesting because if you look at the progression of what he's kind of worked on Ben Trill was like graphics that had hashtag Ben Trill yeah with this weird goosebump style ooze type of font which looked pretty cool. Yeah, but on the surface, it's just a T-shirt that says hashtag Ben Trill in a very kind of like obscenely forward style. Yeah, and it's interesting to see that he was adapting the hashtag then. Yeah, because now it, I guess in a way that was just a stepping stone into him adapting the quotation marks that he does now. Mm. It's that's interesting to think about. And like Ben Trill to Pyrex to Off White. Yeah. It's like one after the other after the other. Mm-hmm. And just kind of building on the next with like a new concept. Using the old concept to kind of solidify the current one. True that, yeah. Each one was kind of like a resume, like a notch in the belt, per yeah. se. And you know, uh, Mike Sherman, who used to be the owner of ICNY. And also What's ICNY? ICNY was a project that that started maybe like three years ago. And it was based out of New York City. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of on a play on words where it's like I see NY, but also like I see like cold NY. Okay. And it was like oh. reflective clothing. It was like functional reflective streetwear type stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, he created it after having multiple, uh, I guess, accidents uh, while riding his bike at night after work hours. Um Mike Sherman has had apparently multiple projects and he currently runs Chinatown Market. Um, Shout out to Chinatown Market. And he talks about how like when you're trying to pursue your your brand, your goal, like you're just, it's one after the other. Like it's not going to be like a one and done type thing. Mm -hmm. It's going to be like build one business after the next after the next and know that like when this one ends, there's going to be another one right after it. Right. That's his philosophy. Mm-hmm. And it's also Virgil's, like, basically cause of success. Yeah, for sure. That's crazy. And the the thing about that is it's it's cool because it kind of lets you know that it's okay to fail, in mm. a sense, if, if the first venture and the first step that you take is a miss, yeah. you know? 
it's, it's fine. It's you a learned, a home it's run. A learned yeah. lesson. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess to tie it into here now, I mean, that's what, it, in the last intro episode, I mentioned that here now is the first time I launched it. The first time I launched it was when it was your here now. Yeah. So, well, I YHN. Learn from the first mistake to, from YHN to HN. Yeah. And, and the cool thing is, man, it was so cool to even just see you take a first step into making a brand. Yeah. Right? Because YHN, you're here now. I mean, it, it's very similar to where it currently is, which is yeah. here now. Especially the the mission behind it and kind of the whole drive behind making it. I mean, yeah. the message is still deeply rooted in, in like the similar cause, yeah. which is interesting because a lot of like what Virgil did with Ben Trill going into Pyrex, going into Off-White, those are all kind of radically different in a sense. Yeah. They're all forms of streetwear, but Off-White is very refined and there's retail shops and there's physical spaces that are in... Yeah. Tokyo and all parts of the world, which is amazing. Yeah, because that is because that's a cool place where Virgil can explore his architecture skills because yeah. he actually gets to design a physical space at that point. Yeah, and they're pop ups, right? They're not like permanent. He has some permanent retails though. They're permanent now. If I'm not mistaken, he's got at least one or two permanent retail stores. That's so sick. Which look they look amazing. Yeah, I mean that's what he did. That's what he studied. It looks so good. They're the awesome balance of like just. Granite and concrete and modern type of... A lot of white. A lot of and white. And a lot of green. Clean, yes. He has a lot of nature, plants, foliage, yeah, man. herbs. Yeah. All types of stuff. See, I like his shoes. I like his new collab and his new take on it. And I kind of sometimes like his, like, quotation marks. Mm-hmm. Because it's, it's it'll be, like, on the Nike, what is it, Dunks? He has, like, air in quotation marks, mm-hmm. which is sick. Mm-hmm. But, like, do I really need a shoe with two brands on it? Well, in a sense, I don't... And if he wants me to cut the, the orange zip tie on it, mm-hmm. it becomes... I've I paid for two brands, but only wear one. Well, the collaboration nature of those shoes, I feel like, is so seamless that it's not like you're flexing two brands. It's like you're flexing... I'm sorry, you're not fletching. You're flexing Virgil's Nike. Mm. It's him getting to work with Nike. So it's still a Nike product by all means. It's still, it's a Nike. It's yeah. got the swoosh. And what Virgil did was he highlighted key things that those uh, iconic well, Nikes are yeah. for. And that's why Air is on with those quotations, which is Virgil's kind of like souse. Yeah. Put his little dab on it. But it highlights a feature of Nike. And yeah. Nike was about air, and there's so many cool models of those shoes from the whole 10. My favorite is probably the Air Presto. It's the black one, and it's cage. got, like, the khaki things coming up on the sides. It's like a cage, right? It's like the cage, exactly, and it has the quotations with air on it. Really cool. It, I Man, I, I love it. You try to get them, didn't you? If I could afford them? Yeah. I'm going to get them one day. I'm going to let that record be known. One day when I can flex and I can actually have the power to get a, a nice pair of shoes, I'm going to hit those up. I kind of like the Lunar Glides. Uh-huh. Because they're kind of in the realm that I sit in. Yeah, they're more your style. And I kind of like the fact that they... You know, you ever seen like those fish or shrimp that are like in the really, really deep end of the ocean? 
where they're like they hardly get any sunlight, so they're basically translucent. And it, the mental image is giving me the heebie-jeebies, and I don't think I've seen that. Dude, Google it. What are they Search called? like deep ocean clear fish, or something similar to that. So basically, like are you these, sure it's a shrimp? Well, I I for sure have seen shrimp, but basically, uh, like off the top of my head, I know that these fish typically live so deep in the ocean that they hardly get any sunlight because mm -hmm. water and sunlight and all that shit. Um, they don't need color pigment and they don't use it and so they don't really have it and they just basically look clear. Okay, well, while I haven't found any clear-looking shrimp, there is like some images for a deep ocean clear fish. Yeah, so that's what that lunar glide looked like because it kind of has like a... Totally. A... a a see-through skin mm -hmm. type layer on it. I don't know. That, that was my idea, and that's what I, like, connected it to. And it looked pretty sick, and I liked it. And I typically, I mean, I already like the silhouette of the Lunar Glide, mm -hmm. especially with the ripples in the uh, heel. I think that's cool. But, again, like, do I really need that? I will say, do you really need it? Nah. Yeah. Like, you, you really don't need it. Because at the end of the day, you can get a pair of Crocs. Definitely. And as long as it supports your foot in a comfortable way, you know. How do you think the world would take a Virgil Off -white Croc? Off-white Croc? Bro, we can't even... We should probably edit that out of the podcast because that's such a good idea. Someone might take it. Virgil? Dude, maybe. Dude, you should reach out to Crocs and be like, hey, deadly, deadly, deadly Crocs. Crocs. What if you make Honestly, like a white skeleton-looking Croc? That would honestly be badass. I mean, if Yo. it works, dude. Shout out Crocs. About to make a Crocs collab actually happen. Because that sounds pretty fire. And Crocs has got to have somewhat of a budget still. I hope. I mean, they're still around. They are. Um, I will say, the my favorite runner-up, though, out of that whole Nike 10, man, that Nike, the Nike Blazer, like the mid-top, the... The white and cream with the big blue navy swoosh on it. Oh my gosh, that's that one's so sick as well. The Presto's number one, so at the top of the Christmas list this mm -hmm. year, boom, that that Presto. Unfortunately, they're at least a grand. And that's like, that's retail. I, I'm pretty sure that's way over, over retail. So then what's retail? Is retail regular price? I don't even know what the retail was. You know, I think the retail was around two hundred. It's, it's interesting because I I saw a Virgil, Harvard, um, yeah presentation, mm -hmm. and he kind of mentioned his collab with IKEA. Yeah, and he mentioned how cheap his rug would be. He's like, yes, he's, he did. He's like, it'll probably be like fifty dollars or something, and they're probably gonna hate me for it. Uh, and that's what he said. But kind of, I don't know how like true that is. I feel like he tries to stay as affordable as he can because he knows how, like, real the struggle is. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, rugs aren't cheap. This is Ikea, though. But, like, Ikea isn't, like, cheap. It's affordable. It's not cheap, though. It's not a $50 rug type cheap. I don't think you can find a $50 rug at Ikea. You don't think so? I think you can find one for maybe, like, 100 maybe 150 See, because that's the thing. I don't remember the number that he said. Was he it? He said 50 Is it... 40 or 50? He said 50. And I'd pay $50 for a rug, but... Hell yeah, especially an off-white rug. No, yeah, that's what I'm saying. For like a regular rug, 50 bucks, that's a steal. You can get a front door placemat for like 
15 to 30. Yeah. yeah. So it doesn't make sense for a rug to be $50. So I think his idea of like affordable and like attainable is different. A little skewed. Yeah. Who knows, man? This is IKEA though. I I, I just feel like for some reason, if, if if there's anybody who can make a rug more affordable, it's IKEA. Maybe they're even willing to like eat a little bit. Of, I'm not saying dip into like they're gonna make their money back off yeah. of these rugs, obviously, but in their profits at least. Maybe like Maybe if they to, just increase yeah. quantity, mm-hmm. they won't lose so much. Yeah, like you know, you could if you sell so many of them, you don't lose as much because you're like multiplying that as opposed to like a hard cost they're gonna make a million rugs so each one's gonna actually be like four dollars and then they'll sell it to you for like four hundred uh, well it's like a like it's like a four hundred dollars four hundred four hundred percent increase profit that's right math math is always yeah yep yeah mm. Don't want to talk about math. Would rather talk about design. We're designers, not math. <laughs> Mathematicians. Yeah, we didn't go to school to be mathematicians. But we did take calculus one and two. We did take Cal one and two. Because we have bachelor's of science, which is weird for a designer to have, apparently. Yeah, for sure. Because most, I mean, they have a bachelor of arts. Bragging rights. In a sense. We're because, better than them. Well. All of them. Hey, now. We're better. Whoa. Here now. Here now, for sure. But better now? No. We're, we're the same. We're all equal. But we definitely got more math and science than most Bachelor of Arts kids did, which is cool. Yeah, dude. But fuck that. Cal 2 sucks, man. Dude, I felt... I, okay. I tried taking pre-Cal, mm-hmm. but I couldn't get into Cal 1 so that I could like kind of uh, warm up into it. Yeah. Sometimes you need the little tease. Right? That's what I said. Get prom I said, I said, in high school, I killed that shit. High school's always easy. No, but I was in like pre-AP and AP. Like a smart boy. Exactly. I was in that. I was in it. And I was like, you know what, pre-cal, no problem. Guess what I did? I dropped out of that class because I failed the first two exams and I was going to fail it anyways. A pre-cal? Pre-cal, bro. Shit was hard. So you had to take pre-cal twice? No, I just, no, I didn't even need it. I just was taking it oh. to be a good student. Oh, you just trying to be ready. a good boy. I just wanted to be ready for Cal 1. Because I, I, I had anticipated taking Cal 1 at A&M. But then I realized that Cal 1 and Cal 2 are like weed, weeding class out. So like... They're trying to pick out the... The engineers, weeds. the people that actually need that class. <laughs> like they want them to fail so that they don't have that many engineers. But there's this poor little art student trying to make it out of there. Mm-hmm. That was me. The one in a hundred. Yeah, so then I said, fuck this. Drop pre-cal and then took cal one over the summer <laughs> at a community college. Like a boss. And I did that shit. That's honestly the best way to do it. Yeah, dude. Or just not go to college. School? Fuck college. Dude. No. Okay, so It was a learning experience. Yes. You so there's a lot. There's a lot of good that college can do. Yeah. You, you, you get a degree. It's not for everybody. It's not. And, and that's okay. Yeah. You don't... A lot of kids don't need college. No. Yeah. If I was gung-ho on being a fashion designer and being a apparel or whatever, as a kid today, I don't know if you would need college. Yeah, a kid today, I don't think you need it. A kid maybe like six years ago, which is when we started college. Mm-hmm. Whoa, that's a little weird to put in perspective. Yeah. But yeah. I think so we have been in the professional workforce I, now for a little while. Two years now. But I think two six years ago yeah. when we were starting college, I think that there was this like a really weird area where we're like, and you're college but you kind of did right but only if you were like outstanding 
you could stick out. If right. something, if there was something, if either there was something that was extraordinary about you, or you did something that was extraordinary and you stuck out, mm-hmm. it was the only way to make it. But now there's just so many different channels to just tune into and get attention, mm-hmm. create that clout, which is both good and bad, I think, yeah. because it's great that everyone has the freedom to chase their dreams, yeah, and to make shit happen. Anyone who's listening, you and I right here. We, we have all the resources to make moves. Like, anything you want to do is achievable, whether whether it's little moves or big moves. You yeah. can do anything if you put your mind to it and kind of map it out in a way that takes steps to get there, and you can just knock them out one by one. I don't even remember where I was going with that. College or not. If you have the game plan... You don't mess, like you don't necessarily need yeah. college, but, but if you're trying to figure out what you want to do, college seems to be the thing because you can fuck around while still trying, while still being like slowly on that path to like figuring it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but do you ever really have it figured out? No, not really. Even when you graduate, you're like, I got it. I got this piece of paper that says I know what I'm doing, but now I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> but now, what do I go do? Exactly. I have a piece of paper and that where says... where am I going to do it? That's, that's another big question. That's true. Where yeah. you're located. Where you're located and where you're working. Because mm-hmm. you could potentially work at an ad agency like yourself, mm-hmm. but not really want to do any work that's ad agency related. Facts. Yeah. Story of my life. Yeah. Except sometimes there are very cool projects that... But I you've learned a lot do. while there. Yeah. On how to like manage relationships and kind of direct stuff do's and don'ts yeah i've learned a lot about the process time of management time management the pipeline overall kind yeah. of budgeting even i yeah. mean things that i didn't really know or think that i would get familiar with and yeah. start to learn and pick up on i mean the richards group is is a good place in the sense that if if you want to work hard and you want to make improvements and kind of implement progress and progressive new ways to do things you can kind of go very DIY with it and yeah. you can pitch good ideas and if people like it, then, you know, it could pick up steam and momentum and become something really cool. But yeah. if you're going to just be someone who's worked there for 20, 25 years and start to sit back and just get complacent and say yes to anything and everything and not really want to push content forward anymore, then that's when it's like, oh, you're just being stagnant at this point. And in this industry, in this day and age, if you're being stagnant, you might as well be running backwards. Yep. Mic drop. <laughs> yeah, it could. Yeah, definitely. And it's interesting you say that because sometimes I feel like in very recent time, like literally over a change of a year, mm-hmm. probably like 20 years ago and like 19 years ago, that type of difference, like 20 years ago, somebody would have said, like, you need to, like, show your dedication and show your, like, um, what do you say? Like, your, your, def- your work ethic? Like, no, not your work ethic, but, like, how dependable you are. Yeah, And, like, sure. how loyal you are to a company, mm-hmm. and that's what creates success. Right. And at the same time, like, one year later, like, it, it, I'm exaggerating here, but, like, one year later, that another employee in the same level could say that you don't do that. You kind of be a little selfish at the end of the day and just kind of work there for as long as you need to Mm -hmm. until you need to like 
either need a change of scenery or change of like workload or right. whatever to to then move forward in your own career. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah. And a lot of that at the end of the day just comes to how long are you willing to be a team player yeah. and playing for a team that you know might not be the team that you want to retire with. Yeah. You know what I mean? If, if we compare this to baseball, for example, you might start playing with the Cardinals. Yeah. And you love the Cardinals because it's your first team as a major league player, so you're hyped on it. But you quickly and you're realize forever thankful for it. And forever grateful for the Cardinals yeah. because they, they had faith in you and they let you join the team. But, you know, once you're there for a year or two or a couple years, however long it is, you realize, oh man, I'm actually a Houston Astro. Yep. Shout out Astros. World Series. World Series champions, baby. First time ever. Man, it feels good. Dude, do you remember 2005, 2006 when we went to the World Series of and we course. just got blown out? Suckers got swept. Dude, this this was when those rubber band... Yeah, oh my gosh, shout things, out rubber band bracelets. Those were so in. So I kind of misspoke. They, they weren't actually rubber band bracelets. They were those like thick, silicone. thicker silicone rubber bracelets. Yeah. Like the Livestrong With some bracelets. sort of like imprinting on it. Yes. Embossing. Those need to come back. Maybe. We should bring those back. I saw some brand doing it recently. And I don't remember who it was. But bring I remember, did I remember we like literally just beginning to be in the series. Mm-hmm. And I, for whatever reason, found myself at Academy. Mm-hmm. And I had it. Oh. And I bought one. Nice. I don't even know if I still have one, but I bought one and I wore it to school all that week. And I mean, we didn't we didn't last a week in the World Series. We got blown out, so it was like three or four games. Yep, that's it. And what was that? So you played two, you and played, then you rest. No, you played three and then rest. We. I'm not sure. How, no, you how played we two. Split the series. It's two, three, two is what it is. Okay. So then you played two, rest one, play three. But we didn't even have to play five. We just had to play four. four. And so it was like a two, rest, two. So five days. Literally start on Monday. By Friday, we were out. So after the weekend, you came back Monday. Yep. Fresh as a, fresh as a clean towel. Yeah, dude. Shout out. Clean and it was house. weird. It was like, oh, that was it. It almost didn't seem real because it was like so short-lived. Yeah. And there was almost no sense of hope at all throughout that series. You know what's... Interesting though, yeah. and kind of comes back full circle. The middle school that I went to in yeah. Houston, which was actually very close to, to where you were from, because you're actually from Houston too. But wait, I went to Hartman. It's not very close to. I went where to, did you go to. I went to BHI. I've never even heard of that. Which is Beverly Hills Intermediate. The Shout out BHI. Batland Bears. Okay, that, you're the Bears. Yeah, we were the Batland Bears. Bro, I was a pirate. You were a pirate. All right. Well, you gonna fuck with me? Yeah, that's cool. I'm a pirate dog. Y'all had y'all had all the booty. Our main color? Jack the booty like a sparrow. It was red. Our main color was blue. Bloods and Crips. It's all same love, baby. Nah, dude. No I'm colors. Superior. No, no. But shout out to BHI. Yeah, that was the middle school. Went to that. Where are you going with this? I don't remember. <laughs> Shit. The rubber brace, rubber bracelets. Yeah, and I talked about how it was short lived. The, the series and what was interesting. I'm so sorry that I even had that mind gap. So when we made it to the World Series, yeah. the Astros did way back when, 0506. My art class that I was in, this was seventh grade art, mind yeah. you, where we normally just do shitty self portraits, 
learn about line, learn about color, this and that, mm -hmm. texture, some kind of basics, very, very basic art things. Yeah. We had a t-shirt design contest. It was about who could design the coolest Astros World Series t-shirt, and the winner would have their t-shirt made. And I got so hype on that as a kid. Yeah. I thought, oh my God, that's the coolest thing. And mind you, I played baseball during pretty much my whole childhood. Yeah. So for me, this was cool because I loved art, but I also played baseball. So I thought, oh, cool. What I do and my art stuff can kind of collide. Yeah. And that was honestly one of the very first t-shirt projects Dude, I ever really worked on. What grade were you in? 0506. That was seventh grade. Dude. That was, yeah, that was in seventh grade. In the last class. podcast. Uh-huh. In the intro to this. Yes. I mentioned how my seventh grade year... Ah. I had this random thought where I was like, it'd be really cool to design your own shirts. Dude, it'd seven be really heaven. cool to one day only wear mm. your own brand. Yes, sir. Holy shit. Still have those thoughts to this day. But like, we didn't even know each other. But what, we were, And what were you, like 12, 13 years old? I was 12. And I was 12 when we both had the same idea. Shout out to 12-year-old creative kids, man, Dude. out here holding it down for the rest of us. That's crazy. Yeah, man. Wavelengths. That's why we're homies, and that's why we're both out here trying to build brands. Yeah, holy shit. And even then, I've had an entre entrepreneurial mindset since elementary school. Yeah. Have a little wooden box that I would keep little, like, fun-sized Snicker bars in. Yeah. Little trinkets, little this, little that. Yeah. I would just sell them for, like, 50 cents, 75 cents. Dude. To little kids? I sh to, like, younger kids than you? To people, like, in my grade. Okay. Dude, shit you not. Probably three of my four years of high school, uh -huh. I sold chips out of my book bag. Yo, I would, I made bang. Dude, I would go to school with three bags. Three bags of what? Just, no, three, like, backpacks. Oh, wow. So I would have my, like, book bag. Check out the band. Because, you know, I was, like, in classes where I needed to take my book. Mm-hmm. And then my other bag was, like, my cleats. Secure the bag. My shorts. Like, my gym stuff. Because mm -hmm. I was on the soccer team. Shout out to the And then the third bag was just filled with, like, hot Cheetos, uh, Doritos. That good, good. Miss Vicky's chips. Ooh. Because some people prefer, basically, the craft beer of chips. You talking about the kettle cooked? Yeah, bro. Dude, Miss Vicky's. The, which one? Is the jalapeno one? Oh, yeah. Oh, man, you really had the best of the Dude, best. I had it going. Sheesh. And every day, I'd probably sell about $10 to $20 worth of chips. Nice, okay. And, I mean, this was five days a week, so... But if you're making 20 a day, that's $100 a week. Yeah, dude. Well, by that times four, it's a month. And I'd probably spent, like, maybe half, maybe a little bit less than half of that on, like, merchandise. Okay. And we'd have to... My, and, actually, I sold chips throughout high school and my sister sold candy throughout high school so y'all were just kind of the tag team duo like siblings i would get text duo. messages on the flip phone wow shout said, out flip phone that said meet me by the water fountain <laughs> and i'd pull up with my book bag and just be like yo what's up what you need i heard you got the cheetos yeah <laughs> i hit I you on the motorola the plug in the middle of the hallway we'd like walk past each other and be like oh what's up like like the the switch the the what is it the A little alley oop switcheroonie. Yeah, dude. You were really out there trapping chips. Yeah, dude. Yo, I'll do you one. I'll do you one as well. Talk about hundred percent. So after I upgraded from little fun size Snicker bars, yeah. right? 
got into this is elementary school still. Okay. You remember Yu-Gi-Oh cards? Dude. Pokemon I, cards. I didn't have the guts. I didn't have the guts to trade mine. Alright, well I'll just say this. I was obsessed with Yu-Gi-Oh cards, right? And I had a love for the packaging. Okay. And it's very interesting that I'm interested in branding and, yeah. and collateral now because I can understand where the tendencies came from. Yeah. So Yu-Gi-Oh cards, if you're not familiar with trading cards and what that whole thing is, it was these cards that were limited edition. There were some common cards that every motherfucker got per pack, whatever. But there was a rare one. There was one rare card per the pack. Holograms. They would have holographic graphics, and the artwork would be sick. Yeah. It's dope artwork. Like, they're cool pieces of, like, little art. They're, like, mini posters. And they all came in different forms of, like, packages, like sleeves, mm. sleeves of cards. And the artwork would be different each time. So what I would do is I would keep the packaging. So I would just have stocks of all of these empty card wrappers that were like perfectly crisp and looked dope as fuck because I would open them very carefully. I was really just careful with everything. So what I would do is I would, I had a plethora of cards, you feel me? I was a geek, I was a nerd. A plethora. Yes, thank you. Thank you, sir. My vocab is shit. (laughs) I would, get this, I would repack cards. So I would, I knew the formula. I knew how many cards went in each pack because I was obsessed, and I knew, okay, after every fourth card, they put the rare one, yeah. and then there's three other bullshit ones yeah. to close out the pack. So I was like, okay, well, I'll just sell packs of Yu-Gi-Oh cards, like my own, like bootleg Yu-Gi-Oh packs. So Dude, I would, You were the Chinatown market of Yu-Gi-Oh cards. I honestly was, and oh that's pretty God. cool to say out loud. Dude, you were hustling them kids. I would hustle them, but I would hook it up for real. I would I would include the rare card. But where you would only. But you would only like. I would give out the in. shitty shit. Yeah, the one that you didn't want. The Even bottom they were of the rare, bears. like you didn't want them. True that. Which I mean, that's that's why you could say it was. It was a business. It was a smart business move. Yeah, it's funny. My mom has a saying in Spanish. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, "Estás dando gato por libre," which is you're you're selling a cat. As a, I guess a liebre is like a... Like a lion? Like a bobcat. Oh, cool. I yeah. Guess. Or like... Like a wildcat or a bobcat. Yeah, or, bobcat. Or is liebre... Or is that like a female bunny? Let me look it up. Liebre? Liebre. Hmm. I only just now learned how to roll my R's, so do not ask me. Dude, you're in your own control with your, with your R's, dude. <laughs> yeah. So you're selling a cat as if it was a rabbit. That's the same. Interesting. So you're selling one... As if it was this, but it isn't type shit. Right, right. So that was you. I was, man. I was selling cats for rabbits. Well, I will. Or rabbits sure. for cats. Yeah. Whichever way you want Whichever to Whichever one's more valuable to you. But it just goes to show. I mean, even at a young age, you can kind of have those tendencies, those Dude. entrepreneurial tendencies, or if you're into artwork and you like drawing and doing that fun stuff, you know, just stick with it. Because you never know where you're going to be in. 5, 10, 20 years. Shit, dude. Pretty wild. I don't think I ever did anything that was questionable. Oh, I did once in fifth grade. We had the fifth grade trip where it's like you kind of take a road trip. At, at least in my uh, elementary school, mm-hmm. my fifth grade class, it would alternate between like one year it'd be camping and one year it would be a trip to San Antonio. So I guess whatever's in San Antonio, what's that? Six Flags or... Isn't or is that SeaWorld in San Antonio? Alamo, no, 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 yeah, that's what it was. It was the Alamo trip, yeah. So, in fifth shout grade, out to Alamo, bro. Remember yeah, the Alamo, yeah, dude. Aren't they doing like a rebuild slash refresh there? 
where they're trying to make it into like a plaza area. Really? I think. That'd I be saw tight. That, I saw that like two years ago and it looked crazy. I don't know if they're actually going to do it though. Was it like 3D renderings yeah. and stuff? I bet it's going to be and sick. Like building around it and it like right. it completely changed the game. That would be dope. Maybe. Dude, anyway. shout out San Antonio. Yeah, shout yeah. out Texas. San that's that's where sucks, we're from. Though. No. Yeah, I've been there. No. They got it's the like, river walk. It's like Little Mexico. And that sounds cool. I'm not trying to be in Mexico if I'm not in Mexico, dog. Well, that makes sense. But like at the same time, it's like you got Little Mexico in Texas. But it's Dallas. like all the bad parts of Mexico is San Antonio. Aww. It's like a podunk town. Dude, no. I'm sorry for anybody who's I'm from a, exactly. San I'm gonna hold it down. I'm gonna I'm gonna hold the love down for San Antonio because yeah. Texas strong here. Yeah, hold it down. Always and forever. <laughs> Keep it chill, fam. That's what we do. Um, but yeah, this this trip mm-hmm. to San Antonio mm-hmm. it was the animal trip for me. That's what it was. And halfway through, we were like on a tour bus. Halfway through, on the way back, I don't know what happened. I think one of my friends stole. A pack of gum. What a what a juvenile. He's a little little criminal. Yo. And I'm pretty sure that guy's in jail now. No. Dude, like it like it starts early, dude. Creatures of habit. Dude, if you steal like a fifty cent gum, pack mm-hmm. of gum in the nineties, mm-hmm. it escalates, bro. Next thing you know, you're gonna be stealing an escalate. That's what I'm saying. Ooh, play on words. Yes, sir. Right? However, I will say this. I admit, man, when I was in like third or fourth grade. I took a little trip to the local Target with my mom. I remember that shit you telling me. To do some grocery shopping or whatever. And man, I shoplifted a little pack of Pokemon cards. Yeah, but then you turned yourself in like a little bitch. I didn't necessarily. Well. What happened? Okay, so I stole a pack of Pokemon cards from Target. Mm-hmm. I just slipped them in my pocket thinking, no big deal. My mom doesn't know. I'm not going to ask her to buy these for me because you feel me? I don't want to ask for shit. Like, I don't do that. Yeah. So I'm just going to take them. Because I want them and I need them. And I deserve them. That's what I thought. Trying to get that lunch money by flipping them. Yeah, I'm going to flip these tomorrow after I take the rare out of it. You feel me? But I put them in my pocket. We, we check out. We go through the scanner. It's all good. I'm like, whew, I can breathe easy. And I'm thinking, well, how do I discover the pack of Pokemon cards to my mom? Like, how do I, how do I get my hands on the goods? Yeah. So I put them underneath the car seat while we're loading in the groceries Thinking, oh, I'll just be slick and find some reason to say, oh, I just found these, mom. Under look. the seat. On the drive home, like, look what I found as I dropped some set, some shit on the floor. Yeah. So I try and do that. I'm, that I go in. That's my plan. And she's not buying it at all. I, I say, hey, mom, look what I found underneath the seat. And immediately she just looks at me and she looks at the cards and she says, did you take those? And I just look down at my fucking, like, lap. And I say, yes, ma'am. And I admit, I admit I stole them. She was pissed. My dad was even more pissed. I didn't eat dinner that night. I went to Wait, bed. Wait, did you not eat dinner because you felt like you didn't deserve it? Or because they didn't, they were like, go to your room. They told me to go to my room. And then I got, like, really, like, man, I, I'm a piece of shit. I just, <laughs> I just need to sit here and sulk see i'm a thief dude that's that childhood mentality because i feel like nowadays (laughs) with like whatever you learn now but Mm -hmm. like nowadays you wouldn't even try that you just like not even mention it to your parents you go to school you flip that shit you never talk about it again yeah but then it's like i have to justify this somehow exactly dude 
I was trying to like. She read you like a book. She did. She, she knew read better. You like a Dr. Seuss book. She read me like green eggs. She saw right through me. Yep. She was like, Sam, I see your bullshit. Mm. You like know. these green eggs and ham. I don't know why you just said Sam. Sam, I am. I do not like them, Sam. I am. Sam, uh, actually, I've actually never read a book. Bro, we can just cut this ish off right now so we can read some <laughs> so books together. Reading some Dr. Hell Seuss. yeah, let's watch some Dr. Seuss movies. Let's read Green Eggs and Ham. Nah, man. You have read Oh, the Places You'll Go, though, right? I've, like, I understand the reference. Okay. And I've seen, like, images of it. So I know what it, what it is, but. To anyone out there who's listening, go read Oh, the Places You'll Go if you haven't by Dr. Seuss. It's motivational as fuck. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. It's just great. You're going to go places. You just, you got to work hard and have faith. Do you own any of them? What, Dr. Seuss books? Yeah. I do. I do. do. I own all the places you'll go. Shit, I have like a, a canvas print. That's right. Of that in my, yeah. Your apartment is by it's, far the most coziest apartment I've ever been to. From a person that's like my age. It's a lot. Which is relatively young. It's a loft. Oh, sorry. But thank you, bro. I'm just, like, I, I try and keep it cozy. You've got lamps. You've got rugs. Yeah. You've got, got rocking chairs and mm-hmm. couches. True that. You've got a little TV set. you got True. little, like, trays and ornaments. Yeah, dude. There's all types of, like, knickknacks and trinkets. Uh, I try and surround myself with inspiration. And I think that's a good thing to do yeah. for, for anyone who's out there. Like... I made a pillow recently. Yeah. So my pillow that is Deadly Doodle branded is on the couch now. So it's like what's swagging the, out the place as much the as I can. What's the link to the website? www.deadlydoodles.com, baby. But nobody ever uses W anymore. So disregard that. Yeah. Deadlydoodles.com. Boom. That's it. That's all you got to type in. To the point. You can find all types of merchandise there. Hoodies, hats, stickers, shirts, whatever you need. Pins. I got it. Oh, hella pins. The pin game has been strong for two and a half years now. Yeah, dude. Well, just two. Two, two years and a month. Yeah. 2.1. Yep. Which, yeah, shout out to two years. Deadly Doodles, two years strong in this thing. Yeah, dude. You've been you've been hustling for the last two years. Facts. Hard. Facts. It's, it's, a, it's, it's so a much fun. Yeah. It's a lot of work, but man, there's nothing more rewarding than seeing your labor of love and your passion project just continue to grow every day. I yeah. mean, it seriously is one of, it is the coolest thing. Yeah. Like. And so you visited ComplexCon as Deadly Doodles. I did. And you got to meet a lot of the people that you you try and slide into DMs to try and work up some type of collab or some type of network yeah. relationship. Mm-hmm. And so you got, you got to meet Bobby Hundreds. Mm-hmm. You got to meet Pleasures. Yeah. You got to meet Carrots. And Pleasures, which is a it's a two-partner brand. Yeah. It's uh, a dude named James and a dude named Vlad. And they're based out of L.A. Do they have their own thing as well? Or is it just Pleasures? It's just Pleasures. Okay. That's their thing that they do together, and they're really good at it. Yeah. I think um, their brand is extra strong because it's like... How long have they been around? You know, I don't officially know when I, they were founded. I feel like, I mean, they're big now, but I feel like mm-hmm. they haven't really been in the game for very long, or they just, yeah. at, at the very least, they just popped up out of nowhere, and like, not out of nowhere, but they've been like working in the in like the background. Right, right. And then they did something, and it just popped off, and like, now they're at the top of the game, but... Yeah, so... That's what it seems like. For sure, and we'll just explore pleasures for a, for a brief moment. 
I think their big quote unquote pop off moment mm. was when Playboy Cardi wore their a a girl is a gun t shirt mm. in his Magnolia music video. Yeah. Magnolia, if you're not familiar with Playboy Cardi, Magnolia was his hit breakout song. It was a craze, left huge waves in the scene and in the culture and for pleasures, I think that was their break into the mainstream in the sense that it's very similar to any social social club. Yeah. In the sense that like the Kardashians were wearing that merch. And so that's why it got a lot of mainstream light. Pleasures, I can say with some confidence, they've probably gained 20 to 25K in their follower count within like the Six time months. being from that video dropping. Damn. And I mean, they... Again, Pleasure's one of my favorite brands out here. They have a great attitude and a great like message with what they do. Yeah. They're very music driven, which you can tell. They treat their in like they treat their Instagram feed kind of like a mood board and an inspiration board. Yeah. Which is very cool because it alleviates a lot of pressure of always having to like push your own created content. Yeah. In a sense you can also just post things that inspire you, which in turn can inspire others and also just gives people a little more clarity of like where you're coming from. Do they credit whoever is like the original creator of that image? I want to say sometimes they do and sometimes they don't. Because I feel like it's a slippery slope. For sure. I could see that going south. Especially once now, like especially now in this case where they have like a big following. following, Right. They could potentially be robbing the original creator Mm -hmm. by like posting it yeah and not yeah which makes sense and i totally understand and it's weird sometimes the pictures are ones that they probably find off google images and sometimes it's an old picture of morrissey that they probably found off google or some picture that they liked on tumblr yeah i mean it it is kind of all over the place but but shout out to pleasures and shout out to james and vlad those are two dudes who i met at complex con who i mean again as being there as Deadly Doodles, a lot of the people who I met there, I've tried to network with as much as possible over Instagram by being a fan, just by acknowledging that, hey, I really appreciate what you're doing. And I'm going to tell you that because it, it's, it's tough to be in a culture that is so focused on being cool that sometimes people don't give credit where it's due. And I'm going to let that marinate in the fact that If you see a homie who's doing something cool, say they're doing a good job. Or if someone asks for feedback or asks for a critique, give them feedback. Give them a critique. And if you see someone who, like, you really admire what they're doing, fucking tell them. Like, give credit where it's due because I promise you that shit will come around 100% of the time. But at the same time, acknowledge it. Acknowledge. And I'm not going to name any names, but I remember you telling me that you met a designer slash artist there that you saw them and you're like, yo, dude, like X brand, which was the brand that he first started with. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I don't want to you know, right, put right, anybody right. in the hot seat. For sure, for sure. That's yeah. kind of awkward. Yeah, no, stay humble and like always know your roots. Always know your roots. If I, I'm so glad you said that. Yeah. Because that's a big, after running a brand for two years, it's not easy always to kind of stay focused and stay on that same mission and same path that you were when you first started. Yep. Because 
you as a person change. Yeah. Like we all change on a day to day basis per se. And so when you meet, and again, I met a lot of cool people at Complex Con. A lot of, I mean, Bobby yeah, Hundreds, Mike Sherman from yeah, Chinatown Market. To meet Mike Sherman, dude. Mike Sherman, shout out to Chinatown again. His booth was really cool, and I know you're a huge fan of Mike Sherman and what he did with ICNY. Yeah, man, I'm kind of. For a while, I was conflicted because I like loved ICNY, and I'm actually wearing ICNY socks. Now. Damn, you really are. Yeah, dude. But dude, like, shout out ICNY. It's it's literally the best. Damn. But like, after a while, it just kind of had a decline. Right. And it was so sad to see and. It, didn't understand it because going back to that person I just named that mm-hmm. I didn't name. Right. I loved his brand mm-hmm. and then it just died. I'm just going to say names here. Nah. Why not? Why not? Because ah, you just Why don't, don't want to. It's not a hot seat. Is it though? It's Shane. You're kind of calling. I'm talking about Shane. Yeah, right. Shane Gonzalez. Shane from, Gonzalez. From, from Midnight now. From Midnight Studios. Yeah. I remember he tried to, he tried to, he was like. His original brand was called Stay Dirty, which I have two Stay Dirty stickers on my track bike. And nice. it's like, those stickers were awesome. And I repped them and I had like two or three shirts from him at the time. And how long ago was this at this point? Like what year? Like 2014, 2015? 12. 2012? 12 or 13, yeah. So this is what, sophomore or junior year of your college experience? Sophomore. Freshman, sophomore. Okay, so yeah, so 2012, 2013. Yeah. Okay. And so he was, and then he, and that started popping off, and like rappers started wearing it, and like skateboarders started wearing it. Rappers started wearing Stay Dirty. Yeah. And I don't remember who, but I remember like seeing it, big seeing people it around. wearing it, and I was okay. like, whoa, like that's pretty tight. Right. And then it, and then he tried to launch a second brand while keeping Stay Dirty alive. Uh huh. And it didn't work out. It was What's called Midnight Studios. But that's still around. No, yeah. No, but that's the thing. That's what happened. He tried to launch them both at the same time. He tried to run both at the same time. Uh, Midnight Studios did not sell at all. And I remember him selling everything like at a huge discount. Which is so interesting. And it was at a discount. And I still didn't even buy it because I didn't really like it. Yeah, yeah. And then like Midnight Studios just kind of died. Like he launched it. And then it was up for like three months. And it didn't do very good. And then he tried to like clear the stock for about another two months. Huh. So now we're talking about a six month period. Damn. And then afterwards, like you didn't hear about Midnight Studios. He did one more drop of Stay Dirty, I guess is what was in the pipeline. Right. And after that, he just stopped, just stopped updating Stay Dirty. And then maybe like a year after that is when he relaunched. Wow. Midnight Studios. So he took like a year off. Give or take. It may have been like. Eight By months, saying a year, months. because I was still in school, it may have been a semester. Yeah, right? So about four or five months, yeah. he kind of took it off. Took a season off, I guess you could say. Okay. And he probably was just developing the For new sure. drop. Yeah, really that being, thinking, okay, I'm going to close out Stay Dirty with this last collection yeah. and then get Midnight Studios popping. Yeah, and then Midnight Studios just, literally, he launched it, and the moment he launched it, like, there was no, like, in-between time. He just launched it, and next thing you know, ASAP Rocky was wearing it. The whole ASAP mob was wearing it. Right. And then it just continued. And now which, that's all there is. Which I see a lot of what Midnight Studios is doing lately. Yeah. I'm not into it. No. I'm not like... It's a lot of... Uh, um, not halftone... What's it called? When it's like posturized. It's a lot of posturized photos and mm-hmm. very like contemporary laid 
text. It's almost like the new stuff's Bauhaus inspired. Yeah. Which is cool. Bauhaus, like, that's cool. I mean, respect. But it's not, not vibing with it. It's funny that he's kind of replicating Bauhaus without... I don't think he ever went to college. Okay. I don't think he ever took, like, art history. Mm-hmm. So somehow, somewhere, he has, like, a art history influence. Well, yeah. I mean, he's got Google, so he can, like... Look up whatever but yeah, type but like, of things. I feel like without having any leads, you don't know what to search or how to search things. Well, he's also pulling... Okay, so he's surrounded by... So, Shane. Now he is. Which, true. Think about it. When he launched Stay Dirty, he was 16. How old is he now? He's our age. Damn. This is his second brand. That's wild. He actually, actually, he might be a year younger than us. Really? Yeah, dude. Man. Yeah, dude. He's an interesting guy, dude. Like, he's, it's hard for I've, me to kind of figure him out. I've actually only ever seen one interview, which mm-hmm. was on uh, the No Jump. No, no Jumper? Jumper? Yeah, yeah, shout out No Jumper. Yo, talking about clout? Yeah, dude. Yo, Adam22, he is officially the clout demon. <laughs> that's that's kind of like his running title. Really? I, yeah. I haven't heard that. Fresh off the Twitter page, it's official. He's the clout demon. What does that even mean? He's like, he is the guy. If you want clout, you go talk to Adam. What? You go talk to No Jumper. For a while, he wasn't like anything. No, well, no. Now he's the clout distributor. He can distribute clout. What? He can hand out clout like Ow. free hot He got clout cards? He's got hella clout cards. And like. He's got a deck? I mean, he's 52 cards, fam. He's playing blackjack? He'll sweep the house clean mm. with clout. Metaphors. He's bald. He's got face tats. He's got kind of a porn star girlfriend. Well, Instagram porn star, right? Yeah. Instagram, but, like, model. But she, but I will but say does, this. There stuff. is definitely a filmed threesome of them on Pornhub. Wow. Yeah, man. I remember he, he started vlogging. And then he's like, we're going to do a threesome. And then he's yeah. like, yeah. cut. And then it was like, back and like, like, cut. Resume. Like, okay, like, some just happened. That happened, and it was cool. Yeah, totally. He's a fucking crazy guy. Mm. He's a... Uh, so, Adam22, real quick. Yo, I, I, man, Adam22, put Here Now and Daily Doodles <laughs> on your podcast. Dude. The Here Now interview. Where is he? The LA? Daily Doodle interview. Yeah, he's in LA. I've never been to LA. Could definitely link up with him. Only been to San Francisco. Which, we should go to Cali soon. Yo, shout out Cali. Cali's amazing. Cali's all right. Yo. Sorry. I mean, it's cool. I liked it. It was cool, but it wasn't the shit. Come to Complex Con with me next year. You will have fun. Don't they have other ones other than... Yeah, there's there's Agenda, which is... No, 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 no. Like, Complex Con, not LA. Uh, yeah, they had it... Because Complex, Complex itself is based out of New York, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think that's... So they might have a New York version of it. Dude, yeah. I'm down to definitely go, because they might have one, like, mid-season. Mm-hmm. Like, two in a year type of thing. So, like, agenda. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Because it's run by the same people. What? Yeah. Like, agenda trade shows. Yeah. Those, like, that group and organization, they oh, help the put guys. on complex content. Oh, I didn't know It's that. at the same convention center. It makes sense. Yeah. But at Long the same Beach. time, like, it doesn't, because why would you have two different shows at the same thing? Just it all just kind of goes up to the same tippy-tippy top, though. Which is Adam twenty two because he's the major clout. He is a clout demon. He's like rope gang. He's like Illuminati clout. Yeah, but I don't even want to. I don't f with that. I'm story. just trying to make shit up. That which is cool. I, I f's with it. I tried. Adam twenty two though. Okay. Put us on. Rub some of that clout on. It'd us. be tight, dude. 
Dude, sprinkle a little cloud juice on us. Guarantee you, if you're trying to get popping real quick, you get a little repost, a little retweet from Adam, shit's going to go your and way. And he does Instagram. And Twitter. Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud. He's a SoundCloud? He does. Like yeah, the, reposts the podcast? Oh, he just reposts them. Reposts, but I think he actually does his podcast on SoundCloud as well. Interesting. I've only ever seen his YouTube podcast. Which is great. I mean, they, yeah. they're they're solid. Rogaine. Damn. He's a little, like, edgy. Really edgy. And very alternative. Yeah. For sure. I mean, he's done a fair share of his... Whatever, whatever. He has fun. Yeah. He does his thing. He lives his life. Yeah. You live your life, we'll live our life. That's cool. And they'll overlap where they may. Especially when it comes to clout. Yeah. Because we're both clout demons. We're all clout demons. Ward's Adam is the clout demon. Yeah. But you're not. just deadly doodles. Yeah. And you're just here now. I'm I'm always here now. True. Yep. So, so complex comment. Mm-hmm. Back to that. Because every time we try and touch on that... We started talking about one individual person. First it was Pleasures, and that, and then it was Adam22. And then Mike before that. And then Mike. Mm-hmm. Mike. Oh, I never even finished the Mike thing. See, I love Kansas Mike. Fan. Mm-hmm. Now. Mike now. Like now. Like the Mike now. that is like now. Right, right, right. I kind of like him. Yeah. So I why I was a shit. Mm-hmm. Loved every bit of it. And then after a while, I just kind of started dying off. And you kind of started seeing like too much apparel i guess mm-hmm. and like i think i felt like he was just doing too much and he was trying to just throw a bunch of designs and see what sticks right yeah yeah. and and then soon after like that it just kind of seemed like it died like completely and then and actually 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 what happened was he started doing a bunch of designs and then all these designs ended up having to go on like 50 percent sales mega clearance yeah and like 50% sales is like a hell of a deal. Yeah. When before you could get a pair of socks for $20 to $25. And then you, at that point, at the end of the season, you could get it for $10, $7. And then it got so bad that after drops, you everything on the website was $5, yeah. $5.99. And I, I started noticing the de- decline when at the beginning when I would order products, they would come in like polymag poly bag mm-hmm. like um poly bags with like the like the bubbly packaging mm-hmm. and like chrome oh. and they had screen printed the icny logo on it sounds it sick. Was sick and i was like and it was always so like rewarding to get home and seeing like this reflective like 360 like poly bag on your doorstep yeah dude, and good it was packaging. tight mm-hmm. it was a big part of it and honestly dude at one point Shipping was like ten bucks. Solid flat ten. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's like shit. Like, at first I was like, that's a lot for shipping. But then I realized, like, well, you're getting reflective stickers and reflective packaging for these p- reflective clothing, and it was tight. It was a cool concept. Mm-hmm. But then I started noticing I was getting them in like brown boxes, like generic uh, brown boxes. Yeah. And then I was like, well, maybe like because they're on sale, like you, they don't want to spend the money on sure. like, this nice packaging. And then I just stopped doing new shit, stopped posting on Instagram, and everything was on clearance for five bucks. And then I just died. And I hated it. It's like, like a what slow, the painful fuck? death. Yeah, dude. Bleed out. It it probably bled out for like a year. That sucks. Yeah, that was a lot of like It's a lot of blood. 
that's a lot of volume that he had to push. Well, yeah. And then after that, he, he was a little quiet, and then he launched Chinatown Market, which is basically rips. Yep. On rips. It's just a bootleg brand with the spirit of Canal Street. And he owned it. Yeah. Like, he still- totally owned it. No, I'm saying, like, he totally owned the fact that there were all rips, mm-hmm. and he knew there were rips, but they were intentionally rips. Right. Yep. Because he's trying to, like, embody the Chinatown Market. Mm-hmm. But still be a high streetwear thing. Still be in the conversation. So he's selling this like fifty dollars shirts with like bootleg designs on it. Yeah, his first little drop it had like a Pink Panther graphic that had Chinatown on the back. He dropped uh, the Thank You Have the a Nice thank Day, you, yeah, I mean, which is the print that you see like on dollar store bags mm-hmm, type shit. Mm-hmm. I mean, he came out with a pretty strong little arsenal. He got the hype beast right up definitely on his very first drop. Oh yeah. Which he, like, he nailed it. He nailed it. But it I hated good, the man. fact that it, he went from being so original. Right. He arguably created the the reflective apparel market. Which he would probably think is really cool if, yeah. if he heard you say that. He, yeah. I mean, I didn't really. I saw, like, obviously, like, I had running shorts with, like, a little, like, reflective strip on it. Mm-hmm. Shoes have reflective threading on it. But, like, he made reflective socks. And then he made reflective hats. And then he made reflective shirts. And then he made reflective everything else. That was his thing. Yeah. And it was sick. And then it just died. And then he started bootlegging shit. And so, like, for a while, it was this, like... And he kind of stayed low because he didn't really want to, like, bother explaining himself. Uh-huh. Or And now that I think back at it, I don't think he was in trying to bother with it. I think he was just legally binded to not talk about it. Yeah. Because he later fe- was featured on this podcast called Macon, M-A... E-K-N, mm-hmm. I think. And only the part one is out. You can Google it or find it on his feed. And he, this is where he kind of, at least for me, this is where I discovered why ICNY died and why he was kind of, I guess, legally binded to like not saying shit and not breaking things down as to what exactly happened. And then that's when I respected him. Like, oh, shit. Like, yeah. his back was against the wall and he kind of had to like... He had to get perspective. Yeah. His side of the story. So now he's on my good side again. Yeah. And but but now there is no, no like reflective sock in the market. Well, at he's, all. Well, he's putting out some reflective type of pieces with Chinatown. Is he? He's doing like the 3M, he did a 3M reflective bomber with the Think You Have a Nice Day piece. Did he? I think some of his newer that. stuff. But none of this is functional. Not like as I said why it was. Yeah, no, there, there's not Chinatown socks. Yeah. No, I'm saying, like, not, like, the purpose of ICNY was the fact that this clothing would allow you to be seen during your commute. And not get hit by cars. Which is what I used mine for during college. Mm -hmm. Because during college, I would basically, after, like, junior year on, sophomore, a little bit sophomore, no, definitely just junior year on, I, like, started riding my bike, and it just came in handy to wear a reflective hat or a reflective... Alexa. Mm. Um, yeah, wearing reflective socks was just kind of like easy to be seen and literally the best thing in the world. Yeah, that makes sense. But now there's none, not, nobody, exi- nobody like fills that void. Sounds like you should fill that void, buddy. The problem with that <laughs> is, because I had that thought this morning, the problem with that is that he, the way he learned how to do socks was by traveling. To like, I think it was Korea yeah. or like Japan or some shit. And that's where he learned how to do it. 
and there's not very, very many people who do it. And so for me to do it, I'd have to either talk to him or talk to fucking some Asian people. Did you talk to him? Maybe. I messaged him once or twice and he didn't get back to me. I don't have the clout that you do. I have 500 followers. You have 8,000. And I know that you reached out to him when you had like four or five and he kind of talked to you for a little bit. But then he started like basically seeking some sort of compensation for his like knowledge, which is like totally like justifiable. Mm-hmm. But like. Yeah, absolutely justifiable. I, I, yeah, I'm not there yet. But I will be kind of searching the Alibaba web to figure something out. Word. Alibaba is an amazing resource. It's a huge you could, resource. You could definitely probably... You could definitely probably... Those kind of contradict each other. Oxymoron. You could definitely find someone who could get it done. Yeah. But I definitely think reaching out to Mike in a sense where... I mean, F cloud. I'm trying what, again. What's even I'm going to try again because fuck it. I tried reaching out to Benny Gold at the beginning. Word. Talking about his Sotax and he just saw it. Yeah. I sent it to him and it was maybe like... Maybe an hour later, he saw it. Never got a reply. All you brands, all you big, big-headed people who stay sleeping on the little guy, who just it's leave our messages on little scene. Guy. Yeah, little I'm, not, I'm not little. You're actually very tall. And I think Benny Gold is is a literal little guy. Really? I don't think he's tall. What? I'm just talking shit now. But I think he is. Nah, dude. Maybe not as tall as you. I wish I could Google, but. I've seen his stories. He looks like a little guy. No, man. He's like he looks, shredding on a skateboard. He looks like he like folds his pants in, not because it's the style, but because he's kind of short. I'm I just talking shit. I don't want to tarnish any potential relationships, but I'm just talking shit. Well, I just Googled how tall is Benny Gold. What did it say? And I didn't find it. Exactly. Which is probably the best. Maybe. Because, <gasps> sorry, his height probably doesn't need to be displayed everywhere on the internet. Yeah. But, man, I don't know. But he's know. not that big yet. Or, you know, he's just not that big at the moment where, like, that type of information is readily available. Yeah, I would, I hope, like, whose information is... Literally, like, any actor. How tall is The Rock? Let's see if we can he's find six the answer six five. He's 6'5". Oh, shit. Wow, I just pulled huge. it up like that. He's a boulder. Dude, shout out The Rock. Dude, that guy's... Killing it. Yeah, man. Killing in every way, shape, and form. Well, damn. His work ethic is incredible. True that. And respect to anybody who's out there working hard for what they want. That was why it was cool to be a complex con. Because yeah. you could see, like, oh, Mike. He struggled a lot with ICNY and how it like, bled out for a year. But he kind of worked hard and found his own groove doing some Chinatown thing. True. And now he's got product in Urban Outfitters. and Again. Because again, at the end, uh, I seen a white was an urban outfitters. See, so it all came back full circle for me. Yeah, which is cool. So know? then, who'd you meet at ComplexCon? ComplexCon meet list was something along the lines of Bobby Hundreds, Sponto. I don't know who that is. He is the leader of Born and Raised, um, a very cool Los Angeles brand. Yeah. They are responsible for all of that Kanye West Life of Pablo merch. Yep. That will, old English stuff. I will say that right here, right now. I remember that. That black letter typeface, that is a born and raised thing. Even the composition of pretty much the, the main Pablo piece, the tombstone. Yep. 
I remember that. And I can admit to using the tombstone composition as reference for my dreams tea as well. Yeah. Born and raised, they're, they're good great brand. guys. I've been using Old English for a minute now, but that's besides the point. Yeah. But it's part of your brand at this point. It is. And so I, I was super, super, super stoked to have met them because Born and Raised is such an underrated and slept on brand. That it's goals for you. It's goals, no doubt. And a lot of people at ComplexCon are goals. And yeah. A lot of the brands who I got to meet at ComplexCon are goals. And I got to meet Sponto and... and never made which his name's francisco reyes and he's an awesome graphic designer from la as well that was pretty much the common thread with most of these people they were from la or from in mike sherman's case he's from new york yeah but now he's in la yeah and you know it was just so cool to to meet never made and all these people who are out here killing it they have their own booths and they're getting lots of love with the crowd and big booths i mean carrots uh, that was another brand I got to meet. Anwar, he's a mad chill guy. He smokes some dank. <laughs> he had a rad booth. He was super chill. And a lot of the people who I met, I plugged up with enamel pins and business cards and stickers. You and I, you plugged them up with enamel pins on backing cards that doubled as business cards. Yeah, that's incredible. It was something that was. Killing two birds with one stone in yeah. the sense that it allowed me to give these people something cool, like to to give them enamel pin and to give them a little piece of what Deadly Doodles is about and show them, you know, how I present my packaging. But if you flip it over, oh, it's got all of my contact, contact information printed. So it's it's a legit business card on the back. It's yeah. got my name, my email, my phone number and you know, a lot of information that I would want these big brands to have because at the end of the day, if if they want to contact me for a collaboration or for a graphic or whatever it might be, I would want it to be as professional as possible yeah. and to be as direct as possible. So rather than it just being my Instagram handle where it's a DM, you know, use it as like an opportunity to pitch your resume in a sense. Yeah. And Carrots, Anwar, he was one of the main people who kind of acknowledged that. I mean, I gave him the pin and he looked at it and I could totally tell he would look at the card, flip it over, and then look at me and just slowly realize, damn, this kid's really out here. Like, he told me two or three times, quote, that's smart. He would just ask me, oh, do you have a business card? And I would say, oh, just flip the pen over. All of my contact information is right there, actually. Yeah. And he would just be like, yo, dude, that's cool. That's so sick. So it was cool. I, I'm hoping that a lot of those connections just continue to flourish and grow. It was super cool to be able to hear from all these people that, yo, dude, if you ever come back, let me know. Like, your family, man. It's all good. And shout out to Koreatown. He's another cool dude I met out there. Koreatown Run Club, if you're not familiar with that, it's a cool little L.A., Koreatown, uh, kind of Nike-sponsored to some degree um, community where they go run, and dude, Koreatown, his name's Mike, actually. He's super sick. One of the coolest guys I met at ComplexCon. Super chill, mad humble. He knows a bunch of good eats. So next time I'm <laughs> in L.A., like... I definitely know that he could hook us up with some good restaurant spots. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, Bobby and more people from the Hundreds team and 
just really trying to network with even brands like Swatch and Jansport, talking to people on the marketing teams there and essentially just pitching myself to all these people and all these brands and just trying to find ways that there's overlap with them in the sense that Jansport, you make cool backpacks. Okay, well, I'm Deadly Doodles, and I can make cool patches and pins to put on those backpacks. Yeah. So how can we create a Venn diagram that has enough overlap that we can make something really cool and new and fresh? And, you know, ComplexCon, if you're trying to meet those people and you're trying to go network and are tired of getting ignored on Instagram, show up. Just buy a ticket and make it happen and go to these events and go to trade shows and keep networking with people and just make those connections happen. There's, yeah. there's really no rules with it. I mean, anything's there, possible. That's the thing. There are no rules. And the fact that you're showing up, like, that's, I feel like that's unheard of. A lot, there's a lot of people online who just kind of like do the online thing or they do one thing and that's all they're doing. They're not really like using all the resources, all like the possibilities to mm-hmm. make it happen. But if you think about it, like, <clears throat> In the, in the last few years or a couple years ago, like, the only way to make connections is to physically be there. Yeah. And now kids are so, or I guess my, our generation, I should For say sure. kids, but our generation is very much spoiled with the fact that everything is at the fingertips. That's very And so they point. feel like it's like, internet is where it's at, that's all you got to do, that's all you got to worry about. Mm-hmm. But showing up mm-hmm. and being there and being like, look, like... We're literally out here trying to make this movement happen. Yeah. That says long, says a lot and goes a long way. Totally. And to to just agree with that and echo that kind of acknowledging the fact to those people who I met that, hey, I'm only a little brand still. I'm just a little, I'm a one dude team from Texas. And like, I still have a lot to learn. Yeah. But it was reassuring to know that a lot of those people would say, like, yo, just by showing up, that shows that you're on the right path. And a lot of them were surprised to find out that it was just you running Deadly Doodles. Yeah. And not only that, but the fact that I'm as young as I am. Yeah. I don't want to say how old I am, but the fact that... I think we've already said it. No, we've just, like, given time stamps relatively. Yeah, but I mean, they could do the math. We were 12 and 05. Yeah, if you figure it out, you figure it out. Because they're smart cookies. Yeah, only smart cookies here. But that's just the coolest thing, man. Yeah. It, was, it was knowing that like, you're part of that family. And by showing up and by being there, that's that's more than half the battle. Because, yeah. again, a lot of people think that all you might need is the internet. And all you might need is to DM people and... To a certain extent, there's truth a lot in that. can happen through That's a DM, but just facts. Yeah. However, man, when you can actually stand in front of a hero of yours who you really, really look up to, truly, and want to be, in a sense, I mean, everyone I met, everyone who I aimed to talk to, is someone who I want to be. To a certain degree. Yeah. But I want to be it in my own version. I want to be the best version of myself. Yeah. And make the cool things that I know I can make. Yeah. But I want to do it my own way and be influenced and be friends straight up with all these people. I want to be homies with this whole crowd. Like, I want to be one of the top dogs who's going to the events, who's getting invited by Virgil to go to the new Milan opening or get the new Air Max collab hookup 
from Sean from round two because yeah. oh Drake from Daily Duel like yeah he's like he's so chill he's the like he's the homie the homie yeah like yo yeah he's a size ten hook him up like give him the latest Presto size too. ten yeah dude, and an Air Max I'm a size ten dude I just had the fucking discussion at my day job what's that they're like what size do you wear Ricardo and I was like 12, 12, 12 and a half 13 <laughs> sometimes and they're like wow you got a big foot and I was like no I got a normal foot and they're like no Average is 10, 10 and a half. Oh, okay. And I was like, no. To me, guy feet, 12s, 11 and 12s. Well, you're a big guy. Well, I feel like I'm normal. You're, you're I'm big, not normal. though. You, I, big now guy. that I realize, like, I got the facts, I got, like, the scoop, it's For like, sure. I'm not normal. But I this has been normal because I'm, like, my family's generally kind of bigger than right than others. Your nickname was Mammoth at it one was. point. Like, you're a big guy. Like, yeah, you're a bigger dude. Ever since, like, Seventh grade. Which is tight. That's a it's cool crazy. nickname. It's crazy. It's a good nickname. Yeah. But yeah, man. I'm out here with a size 10. And so... <laughs> hook it up. Hook it up. Sean, please. Like, anybody who can hook it up with those off-white Prestos. OMG. Or the Nike acronym collabs. Yeah. Like, I'll hook it up with all the merch. Oof. But anyway, that's that's the point of just trying to show up to things like that. Yeah. And it's, it's it only inspires me to go to the next event. Yeah. That they'll be at because I know that I'm one step closer to actually having a booth yeah. there now. Yeah. I mean, I wonder how much they retail for. Woo! Yeah. Probably a pretty penny, yeah. but I bet it's worth it because yeah. it get, everyone is there. It, walking some past serious Vinza, traffic. Walking past Pharrell. Yeah. Walking past Ian Connor. Bumping, yeah. like stopping Ian Connor, which <laughs> if you don't know who Ian Connor is, he's kind of a clout god in himself. But it's honestly a big mystery as to what he does. He's just a creative dog. He's kind of not though. Like <laughs> I don't he just th- hangs around with the creatives. Exactly. And I think honestly, what happened was he was hanging out with them because he was a cool guy. He's a and then they're like hanging out, and then they'd be like, you know what'd be cool? This. And it's like, whoa, that was such a cool different perspective. Like, He's like a creative that's tight. He's kind of like. Like he's just a model homie guy yeah. who has good style. Yeah, that's all he is. Good, good ideas. Yeah, probably in theory. Kind of good ideas. Apparently, there was a collab that Ian Connor did with Pink Dolphin back yeah. in the day that totally bricked. So, but if you think about it, Pink Dolphin really isn't all that popping anymore. Well, fact, but if Ian Connor is so popping, then should not the, that collab at the if you time think about it, gone off? But if you think about it, Pink Dolphin isn't popping anymore. And at the time, well, not anymore. I guess, but hold on. Sorry. What I'm saying is, Pink Dolphin isn't popping anymore. And at the time, Ian Connor wasn't really a thing, or he wasn't as hot as he is now. So, like, two things that aren't really working very well just yet, or at that moment. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah. Two little caterpillars, they didn't quite have sex yeah. and make butterfly. Man. Exactly. They made, like, mush. Yep. And that's what happened. So. It was just so cool, though, that at least I walked past him and yeah. it was like, oh, shit. Like, that's the guy. Like, I have to talk to this kid right now. Yeah. And that's another big thing. Isn't he our age? Yeah. He's, if not younger. But, yo, I think he's, like, low-key homeless. Like, yeah, bopping from place to place type of thing. I think he's one of those that, like, home is where you make it. Which is interesting because, like, yo... That kid's hanging out with ASAP Rocky, dude. Frank uh, Oat, like he's a big cloud guy. I've definitely listened to some interviews where like hip hop artists or like designers or whatever they may be, 
athletes at some point. Mm -hmm. They don't really own anything. They don't really have an apartment. Right. They don't really have a hotel. So like low-key get an Airbnb for two weeks. Yeah. And hop from Airbnb to Airbnb. The couch to whatever. Yeah. Like fake flex. Or like you and I will hook up, link up, and get, like, a Airbnb together. Totally, yeah, yeah. Get, like, a big-ass mansion that, once you split it in six ways, like, is good. It's affordable. But it's just a place that everybody just kind of, like, groups and, like, yeah. creates. It's a thing now, man. It's a cloud house. Mm, ooh. Which, that is a thing. Is it? The I cloud house. A, a lot of famous YouTubers live there, apparently. Mm-hmm. It's a house in L.A. It's uh got, like, rice gum, as well as this... Other Instagrammer named Banks. He might have been a Vine guy. Mm. But a lot of these big YouTubers and shit, they all stay in this really big house and they call it the Cloud House. Yeah. I a lot remember of the, who do YouTube pranks live there. Yeah. I remember at the beginning, Viners did that. Viners did that where it was like they'll just stay at the same house or yeah. at the same uh, apartment complex. It makes sense. And then they just kind of collabed and like did the shit. I can kind of fuck with that, honestly. It's kind of cool, man. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, it's basically college. But you can keep like partying. No, yeah. In a real, like yeah. not college school way. Yeah. Let's hey, get a class house. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's what we're trying to do with the studio. Yeah, get at us. If you out there, you know what I'm talking about? Trying to be employed by here now or Deadly Doodles? Yeah, man. Trying to get in the class house? Hit us up. up. Yeah. Build. Fuck with the vision. But yeah, man. Shout out to ComplexCon. Yeah, just dude. to just to say it was really cool to meet all those people, fam. Like it's a good experience. It was an amazing experience. Once in a lifetime opportunity experience. I just tried to fuse opportunity and experience Cause, together. Because it's it, it that big. It was that monumental. Yeah, it was man. that dude, I felt the clout. <laughs> I could you could feel the clout, I and I legitimately that, mean that. I think that was just the weed smoke. Yes, and it was Rich the Kid's new freezer jamming out. Yo, there was concerts there, Free Four Locos, so much shit. Yeah. All right, man. Let's wrap this up. Yeah. Uh, where can they find you online? Yo, so you can find me on Instagram at Deadly Doodles. My website is deadlydoodles.com. My Twitter is also at Deadly Doodles. You can stalk me there. I've got a Facebook, Deadly Doodles. The at is Deadly Merch. So if you want to get on your, you know, Facebook game, I'm over there. If you have any questions, if you want to hit me up, talk about skulls, talk about music, talk about anything. And you also have a personal, right? I do have a personal Instagram, and it's called Hey It's Deadly. Very similar. Yes. Um, Deadly Doodles for the merch. Hey It's Deadly. If you want a little more kind of behind the scenes and personal touch of what I do and kind of what I do on a day to day. Tight, man. So you can find this episode on SoundCloud, which is probably where you're listening to it. It'll be on SoundCloud or it'll be on uh, the actual website here now, tx.com. Um, link will probably be in the Instagram, which is at herenow.tx. And uh, yeah, I think that's it for now. We're working on getting this podcast on other channels. But for now, thanks for tuning in.